It's been a while, but the legend is back, not me. Well, I think I'm, I am a legend in some ways, but that's not the point here, okay? We started this podcast in 2009, okay? I don't know if I'm considered an OG, especially since I've never got famous off of this, <laughs> but me and you, James, started Idiot Sports Talk in 2009, and we're back 2022. Feels good. And if you don't know Idiot Sports Talk, you'll discover today in the new revamped, the reintroduction into us. My name is Ezra, also known as Idiot Ezra, and I'm joined today, the original host of Idiot Sports Talk, James. What's up, my boy? How you doing, good people? Feels Ready good to be to back. Talk to uh, talk, oh, get yeah. back to some sports. And today we're going to be talking some NFL, a lot of NFL. You know, it's never off seasons. Never, you know, NFL news is always a hot topic, and it feels good, especially for um, losing teams because that's the only thing we have lo- looking forward to. And if you don't know me, I'm a Jets fan, and uh, every off season is the only time I get to enjoy the off season. Not really, because sometimes I get pissed off, like last off season. Well, we didn't get the fucking first number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I'm supposed to be happy with Zach Wilson. Okay, all right, I am. Okay, I'm new Zach City. He's still going to be a beast. I have no choice but to have hope. But that's what we're going to be getting into abused. today. So since I don't All have fans are abused, and you know what emotion, you know what, yeah, we are, we are, and I think I'm going to get into them. Uh, I may have a rant this episode about my Jets because when is it not appropriate to have a rant against my Jets? We've deserved it. We we haven't gone to the playoffs for eleven straight years, so you know every other day I should have a rant, and it shouldn't be held against me. But let's you know, let me rip off. My other podcast, intro music, because we don't have one yet for Idiot Sports Talk, but that's going to be a work in progress. There are a lot of things we're going to be working in progress, and it's going to be for you guys, and we want you guys that listen to Idiot Sports Talk to join us on the live stream, Twitch, for your dialogue, and maybe we're going to have future call-in shows. We want to incorporate this throughout Twitch and other avenues on the web and social media so we can connect and have our opinions out there, because in the sports world, we all have opinions. So let's get it on the show. Same time while I press the intro, I get a phone call. You know what I mean? From my other co-hosts, from idiot Ezra uh, Marvin, talking about, oh, I'm a snacker just because, you know, I'm doing a, a podcast with my boy right here, James, which you know also know Marvin for quite too long. <laughs> I, feel him. I feel him every day. You feel him every day. I know. And if, <laughs> if I don't talk to him, I can always feel him. I know he's around. I sense his presence. All right, I know we're we're a couple weeks post the Super Bowl, all right? But let's talk about the Super Bowl win, the, what it means for Matthew Stafford. And I've seen a lot of dialogue. I've been saying this for years because, you know, I'll be ahead of the time, baby. That's what I do. Matthew Stafford, there's been dialogue about him winning the Super Bowl, what it means, is he a Hall of Famer now, and what does this does for his legacy winning the Super Bowl? So I'm going to ask you right off rip, do you think, 
He's a Hall of Famer. You think this Super Bowl win solidifies him as a gold jacket? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he he was um there was when he when he was drafted, they were talking about him being like like a prodigy, you know, prodigy QB and um he lived up to the standards and I think um Calvin Johnson helped a lot with that. The years that he, they both played together, it's like one of the top five receivers the NFL has ever seen. So so I think with this Super Bowl win, with all the pressure that they put on him with the draft, what he got traded for, which was an enormous load um, from the um, uh, f- from the Rams to the Detroit Lions, I think with all that pressure on him to win a Super Bowl, not just make the playoffs, yeah, this solidifies him as a Hall of Famer. Um. I'm with Richard Sherman on this, and I said this before Richard Sherman. I don't believe he's a Hall of Famer. Now, does this Super Bowl win give him, you know, give him a ammunition? Of course it does. Is he going to have the numbers? Is it? I've always this was my argument before he won the Super Bowl. Yes, he's going to have the numbers. He's going to be top five in yards, touchdown. He's going to be top ten, top five in a lot of statistics when it comes to the QB. You know, but when it comes to numbers. In football, it doesn't mean as much as in other sports, like in terms of basketball or baseball, especially. You know, the numbers don't mean as much. Like, I, I you you brought up Matthew Stafford talking about Calvin Johnson being a top five wide receiver, but you didn't mention Matthew Stafford being a top five quarterback. No one has ever, throughout the years, have ever said, you know what, Matthew Stafford's a top five QB. You know what, he is. One of the best of the best out here. There's never been a conversation. And even this year that he was starting off hot, there was no like, man, Matthew Stafford's the best QB in the league. There wasn't even that conversation in that. The numbers are going to help him, and the Super Bowl win's going to help him. But I never truly thought, this is the Hall of Fame. This is supposed to be the best of the best. I never thought Matthew Stafford was the best of the best. At any point. Any point. And I also may add, before Detroit fans or L.A. fans come at me, I don't think Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I don't think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. And I know Eli Manning is getting in, 100%. Yeah. So this argument I'm using, like if I feel like you've been the best of the best and that makes you into the Hall of Fame, I never thought Eli Manning was the best of the best. Ever at one point in this point of his career, Philip Rivers. I never thought he was the best of the best any point of his career. Now, are people going to talk about, well, yeah, duh, because they got Peyton Manning and you got Tom Brady. How can you be? Well, that just shows you the difference between the best of the best and everybody else. Like, that shouldn't that be the standard of being a Hall of Famer? Like, you know, you know it's the crazy part, though. If you, if you look at it, like, if Matthew Stafford. Had played his career career somewhat with another organization, yes, a better organization, like say, like say San Francisco, or would you, or or Pittsburgh Steelers, or you know even the Giants. He he would be a god to the Giants. You know, all you, all you have to do is make the playoffs, playoffs every year, and put up those num those type of numbers, and the Dallas Cowboys. Like, you know, he could be a god over there. There'd be no question. The only reason I feel like people are a little hesitant really is because of the the wins. The wins aren't there. Yeah, of the course the wins are there. Quarterback is the most how can I say most valued position probably in sports, right? 
the most important. Like, if you don't really have a good quarterback, your chances of winning a Super Bowl is, you know, very, very minimum. You know what I mean? How many, can you go back in the last 30 years, you'd be like, you know what? Besides, the most famous one is Trent Dilfer, right? It's like, oh, you know, that's the most subpar quarterback to win a Super Bowl in a, in a long time that I could think of, right? That's the one, that's the gold standard, like, you know, trash QB. Oh, Brad Johnson. <laughs> um, well, Brad Johnson had a really good year. Obviously, Matthew Stafford had a really good year. Yeah. I, I'm just saying it's just, there's exceptions. Like you said, Brad Johnson, not a Hall of Famer, but most of the time has been somewhat, of that ilk that's been winning the Super Bowls. I know, you know, Tom Brady's got seven of them, that fucking asshole. Um, so he's taking up a lot of that. But, you know, you got the Peyton Mannings. Peyton Manning. But people are going to be like, well, he wasn't a Hall of Fame in that second. He wasn't his Hall of Fame self in that second Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. Um, but he was still better than their other option, Brock Osweiler, right? They didn't even say, get the... I would say, though, like, even though he didn't have the arm strength clearly wasn't there you know there's it, there was some peyton manning stuff going on in that oh yeah Super Bowl he game. was still making smart decisions picking, that's why brock right, couldn't. Right. that's why peyton brock manning. brock couldn't start because he was making stupid decisions peyton manning still made the smartest he was a game manager he was a really he good game manager at the end he there. wasn't going against like a uh he was going against the top a top um top defense in the um, charlotte panthers as well so like he still picked them apart. He still found found the spaces when to, he needed to get a first down or when he needed to score. He did his job. He did his job in that Super Bowl. Was he himself? Obviously not. But I'm with, like I said. If I'm with, at this point, Matthew Stafford still has a chance to build his resume to, for the Hall of Fame. Now that he did have a, even though he did have a top receiver, I can't remember him having a top running back. Or top offensive line, or top defense, or top second, like you know, yeah, you're right. he, is Detroit. He played his whole career in Detroit, which is like destroys Hall of Famers. Well, you're right about that, and that's also I wanted to talk about this. Mean what this win means to Matthew Stafford? What does that say about other franchises throughout football, like my Jets, the Detroit Lions? When you have a quarterback. You, the Detroit had a franchise quarterback for what 12, 13 years in Matthew Stafford. He has clearly shown he can win a Super Bowl if you put the team around him. He's capable of leading his team to a Super Bowl. He has proven that with the Rams, even though the Rams would people will argue they built a quote unquote super team. Guess what? Detroit Lions has the same capabilities to build a quote unquote super team if you have the right front office management and willing to go for it. If you have the smarts to do it, the Rams had the smarts to build this team. They hired the smart front office, a young guy in Sean McVay. That just shows you, you know, what a team, a real team could do for a quarterback. So I understand that argument 100%. But in the end, facts remain what's on paper. He was never, uh, you know, like even this season, I'd never thought Matthew Stafford, man, you know what? Can you maybe you could say he was a top five quarterback this year? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who if you, if you go down the list? I mean, well, you got you have, you have Aaron, Aaron, and Brady, Aaron and Brady, Mahomes, Mahomes. Uh, oh yeah, Jeff, Joe Burrow. 
Uh, Justin you Herbert. You got you yeah. got Herbert. You got um, who else? Uh, well, Russell Wilson wasn't himself this year at all. So so let's, let's he wasn't a top five, obviously. Kyler Murray, you know, died down big time in the second half, so you can't put him there over Matthew Stafford. So maybe Matthew Stafford makes that cut a little bit. You know, but I just already threw some names out there to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this dude and that dude. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Josh Allen? Did I bring up Josh Allen? Was he better than Josh, Josh Allen? Josh Allen. No. Oh, no. You know what I mean? No. So I guess little top six, top seven. You, you know? know, I mean, so. But Josh Allen was unbelievable this year. And you know, does he have a top, does he have yes. a top running back? No, he has like one of the worst running backs. I should have said, even though Singletary started ripping it towards the end, he started, you know, they started running the ball. But I'm I'm just saying is, I'm just saying is, in some ways, you know, Matthew Stafford needs to be held accountable for his stats. Even though, like you said, the Lions have, the Lions failed him throughout his career. And the Lions failed themselves because you had a quarterback that was capable of winning a Super Bowl and you didn't build the pieces around him. And it just shows, once again, this is a team sport. I know Brady gets all... I'm a Tom Brady hater. If you don't know me, I'm a Tom Brady hater and stuff like that. But uh, the reality is you need pieces around your quarterback, no matter how great they are, to win. Brady was looking, you know, wasn't looking like himself in the last couple of years of the Patriots. Why? Because they didn't have the pieces around him. He said, I'm tired of this shit. I'm taking a pay cut. <laughs> I'm throwing the fucking ball to Jacoby Myers out here, law firm out here in these streets. What is going on? He went to a team that had pieces, obviously with the Buccaneers, and accelerated his numbers and his play, and the team won with him because he had pieces around him. So even Brady needs pieces in the end. So it's just the way it is, and the Lions have failed, and multiple franchises have failed their quarterbacks, and their fan base, a.k.a. my fucking Jets. They've been failing everybody for fucking ever my whole life, okay? All these years. All these years. And that just speaks you know, to I'll that. say you have an edge. Like, when, when it comes to the Jets, I always loved when they didn't wait for the savior quarterback. I loved when they got, when I, when I got, like, Bart Scott. And when, when I got, like, um like they paid Mo Lewis and all these guys to come back and make their defense good. They weren't waiting necessarily just using a bunch of draft picks to trade up and try. Oh, no, they need to do that. That's the thing that pisses me off. That's the shit that pisses me off. Like, honestly, straight up, I like Robert Sala, right? He's been, Mm -hmm. uh, he seems like he's got it together. He seems like he could run a program, and I I believe in him going forward. But I would have got, honestly, today, I will call Sean Payton. Yo, Sean Payton, I hear you want to leave the Saints. Come to the Jets. I'll give you an eight-year deal, you know, $90 million. Come on down. I'll give you some, you know, some front office. Like, I want to see big moves like that. I, like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm done. Like, if you see Robert, I mean, you see Sean Payton, one of the top coaches in the NFL available, go out there and fucking get him. This is what I mean. You have an opportunity to grab an asset like that, but you're like, yeah, I just, we just hired Robert Sala last year. We just, this, and, and like... You're, you're okay with the status quo in some ways. Yeah, that, that I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand that move because, look, why are you looking for a rookie head coach, you know, instead of going out and well, getting last a year, Well, last coach, year there wasn't you know? no – I mean, I don't think there was any – there was no Sean Payton's available. You know what I mean? There was no Andy Reid's available. That's what I yeah. – Eric Bianami was available. 
Yeah, but, but, they, but that's a rookie head coach. That would be a rookie head coach. I'm just talking about this is uh, – Sean Payton is an undeniable resume that – you know what I mean? So in yeah. the end, I got no problem. If you're not going to get one of those type of echelon of coaches, I got no problem. Like I said, I like Robert Sala. I Hopefully he leads us and he becomes one of the Sean Paytons and Andy Reeds and Mike Tomlins of the world. I would love that. But when one of those guys become available, you go after it. That's my th- the Jets haven't gone to the playoffs in eleven years. Go for it. I don't care. I'm not fuck this patient shit. Fuck you. You know what? You gotta give the program. No, if you got Sean Payton, you give him eight years. That's that's when the patience starts. When you give a guy like that that kind of money and kind of power, that's just my argument towards that. I'm just saying these franchises, like the Detroit Lions and Jets, and oh, just. Just do that shit, you know? And I'm not saying a coach. I'm just talking about putting the pieces together, even if it's front office. I am just talking about all aspects of a front office or building a franchise and a culture. And uh, shout-outs to, to Matthew Stafford. He proved that Because how many people said Matthew Stafford wasn't a winner? Now he showed, you know, I can win if I have the pieces around me, if I have a coach that believes in me, a front office that believes in me, that gives me wide receivers, that gives me a running back. Hey, Matthew Stafford didn't have a strong running back uh, running game this year either. You know, no, no, no. Cam Akers was out for the year. You had um, Henderson did a good job though when he was in. Oh yeah, he they did a little. He did, he did see some stuff, but it's not like they had a strong running game. And also, no. Cooper Cup owes a lot to Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup was a really good wide receiver before this year, but this year he he's you know stratosphere. You know, top three wide. He was he had the best wide receiver year. Okay, now he looks like you know, a god of a wide receiver. And partly is because of that, because of his skill set and uh, Matthew Stafford helping him out. So I think Matthew Stafford deserves a lot of credit for what he did this year and everything. And um, to keep it rolling with the quarterback conversation here, the other big news in this offseason is uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? He's back at it again, you know, talking about... Uh, you know, I first everybody was talking about the news about his Instagram post, but media and everybody else, who gives a shit about his media? You're, like, you're trying to decipher what the hell he's... I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of it. If, I'm tired like, of it already. Like, why are you... At, like, fuck it. You know, if he, if he's going to do shit like that and you over there eating it up, he's going to do it again. Just don't eat that shit up. If he's not coming out with a clear answer, get fuck out of here. But anyway, that's just my opinion when it comes to media and eating up Instagram posts. Like, what does this mean? Inspiration, like they, they, they're scared to death to trade him. Like well, they, why? What? Well, um, well, you never want to trade Packers, him. The Packers, I would trade him. I, like I would trade him, but they have no idea what they're doing over there. Like well, the draft picks they've made, made so, the order, so you already the answered the question it. because now the reports are he wants to be the highest paid player in football by a wide margin. He wants to get fifty million dollars, and already the Packers are financially constraint because they got a bunch of free agents and they're over the cap and things of that nature. So you're going to say F it, trade them. I would have been traded. I would have traded them last year. You know, I, this year wouldn't even exist. I would have traded them and got some assets. Even though you're a Super Bowl contender? Trade. What, the, the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, they were Super Bowl the, contenders. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't view them as Super Bowl contenders because I, I don't believe I didn't. I just didn't believe that Aaron Rodgers was ever going to win a Super Bowl in, in Green Bay again. I just didn't believe but that's, there's but something. I, 
But you're outside looking in. I'm talking about if that's your quarterback inside and you went to two NFC championships, yeah. you don't think you're going to be yeah. like, damn, we're this close. We should run him back one more year with our guy. Not if he's doing the things that he's doing. If he's saying the things that he's saying, saying privately or publicly, however they're they're being leaked. If he's not, if I don't feel that he's all the way on board with the organization and the team, like if you don't, if he doesn't believe in the team that the team can win win a Super Bowl, and he's talking about like bringing Randall Cobb back from retire, from wherever he was in Houston or wherever the hell he was, I, I'd look at all my options and look to trade him and move forward from there. Well, but I think. They messed up in the draft, and they're trying to hide the very fact that they messed up in the draft by drafting a top, by drafting a running back and a QB when you had top five already had a top five QB and a top five running back in the NFL. And um, well, is that's part of the frustration with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, bro, you we're this close to the Super Bowl, and you're getting future pieces. That's what you're doing right now. That's what you're you're you're, you're Drafting future pieces when you can draft help for us right now. So I understand some of the frustration with Aaron Rodgers, and I agreed agreed with him when he made those frustrations known. Like, what's this deal? I'm here. I'm 35 years old. He's obviously older than that now, and he's not getting help that he needs. So if you were already looking to the future, I guess that adds to your point. Say, F it. You want $50 Okay, you get it in with another team, and we'll get, you know, two first-rounders. And some assets, absolutely, and, and keep absolutely. it moving. Yeah, absolutely. If you're still looking to contend, because you know, Jim, this is a great time to do it. I mean, I know nobody wants to touch Deshaun Watson, but you still have Gralapago. Gr- Gr- I can't even say his name. Yeah, Jimmy Probably, G, baby. Um, yeah, Jimmy G, and um, you have Russell Wilson out there talk, talking like he wants to be traded. Kyle Murray's talking talking about the Arizona organization like i'm looking looking to start fresh with a new quarterback there's quarterbacks available yeah i hear you and now speaking about one of the rumors okay well let's talk about the aaron Rodgers destination the the a lot of people are throwing out this name and i know you'd like this because you wearing the hat you're denver broncos you're a denver broncos fan that's probably uh most people say that's the most logical destination or maybe that may be the best destination to give him a chance to win a Super Bowl. One, do you want him? And do you believe if you add him, your Denver Broncos would be, you know, right there in that conversation. Yeah, If we could add him without parting with any of our top players, like not why, um, not wide receivers, but like mainly Patrick Sertain, who we acquired last year through draft. Like if we, if we can add him without, with just moving picks, then we would be a contender for years for as long as Aaron Rodgers can play at at the level that he's playing at now. But do I really want him? No. No, I would prefer to um, go after a Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray since that seems to be available. Um, but I think the asking price... Watson. I think the asking price might go a little higher for or for a Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Then Aaron Rodgers. The only reason I say that, not because he's a better player than Aaron Rodgers, is because of the age. You know, you're going to have Kyler Murray for 10 years instead of Aaron Rodgers for, what, maybe three years or something like that. Um, Russell Wilson might be an interesting, very interesting. Now, the thing is, Russell Wilson has a trade a trade clause, so you have to convince him to come to Colorado. I know that I think it was the Giants, Raiders, and another team that Russell Wilson was uh, – 
allegedly willing to waive his tro- no trade clause for. I don't think it was Broncos was one of them. But I hear what you're saying. You'd rather prefer to go after, and those are top quarterbacks. Are they Aaron Rodgers? No, but they are one of the top quarterbacks in the in, in the league. I don't see, I don't feel like winning is the most important thing for him. For him. I think he enjoys playing the game of football and stuff. But if he, I feel like it's starting to feel like if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, he'll just be fine. Like, I think he'll be fine, and I, I think cool. he wants to win one to shut people up. I think he's one of those types to be like, you know what, I want to win one to show them, you know, fuck out of here. I'm, I am Aaron Rodgers, but and I, but I also believe you're right that he don't, he don't, he ain't gonna be so, he ain't gonna be sad that he didn't win another one. He's gonna be like, yo, I tried my best. This team, he's gonna say in the future, this fucking front office didn't help me as much as they needed to. I think he's gonna use that excuse in the future. Now, do you believe the Denver Broncos is the best destination? Not throw away your fandom is the best destination for Aaron Rodgers. Um, no, I'm be honest with you. I think I don't know that their personalities would would mesh with, with Mike Tomlin and like Mike Tomlin the Steelers organization. But I feel like if he went on the Steelers, you think that would that instantly that that team instantly becomes the number one team in the AFC. Well, me. I think, I think of quite, I went with this last year. I came out with a, a podcast and a YouTube video about my favorite destinations for Aaron Rodgers. I might stick with this team, which was my number one team. I got no problem. If someone says Broncos, number one, or like you said, the, the Steelers, number one as his number one destination, but I'm going to go with this team. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with the Cleveland Browns. And now if you put him on the Browns, you know, obviously on paper they have a ton of talent. They got running backs. Are they? They're lacking a little bit in the wide receiver position. Maybe they could draft one. Well, if they if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if they could draft one. But the point is here, we don't know about that. That the wide receiver position, Jarvis Landry's still a really good wide receiver, but that's about it after that. But they got some tight ends. He's still got some options over there in Cleveland. But I like Cleveland over there because they have. What they're missing is a quarterback. Baker Mayfield is not the answer. Been saying this. I, I, I don't know why people even thought he was ever an answer when he even made the playoffs. He's never been the answer. Baker Mayfield is not a Super Bowl leading, you know. Can he pull up Matthew Stafford? I doubt that even. I don't think Matthew, I don't think Baker Mayfield is the answer. Aaron Rodgers in Cleveland. Contending team. I, 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 I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in Cleveland if you're a Cleveland fan because. You got the pieces. You're missing a quarterback, and why not? Yeah, I agree with you though. They would need like need to find a wide receiver somehow through free. There's wide receivers available free agency though. Um, yeah, Mike Williams. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley wants out of Atlanta as but those well. Those guys get paid money. I mean, you you would have to devote a lot of assets to get a player like that. You know, you would. Aaron Rodgers has done well with you know lower round. Wide receiver, so you will hope maybe the, the the Browns was be able to steal one in the draft in a later round, and Aaron Rodgers develops with him. But you got Jarvis Landry, that's one good piece. Then you got Hooper, who's a really good tight end. He's only going to be you know accelerated with Aaron Rodgers. So you got some pieces already, and you got running backs <laughs> for Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be fine with that offense over there. You I, like it. 
And maybe uh, we don't know. Reason. And once again, we don't know if they have another great wide receiver on the roster because Baker Mayfield, what did Odell Bell Beckham do with the Browns? So we don't know what untapped talent they have over there anyway. Am I right or wrong about that? Yeah. I mean, people's Jones look pretty, pretty interesting. As like, he's, a got receiver, he's got talent. He's got talent. Yeah, he's got talent. But you don't he's know because talent, of, of course, he you, don't, you don't know because of Baker you, Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Aaron Rodgers Rodgers is at the point in his career where he where he's betting on um People's, people's jo- Jones right now. Well, I'm just saying he's, he's but not- People's Jones will be the number two. Or the, he'll be the third option, mm-hmm. really, because mm-hmm. after Hooper mm-hmm. and things of that nature. I'm just saying though, you never know the untapped talent they have because of Baker Mayfield. They may look like fucking <laughs> like Odell Beckham Jr. did not look like himself at all. Even though I don't think he's Odell Beckham Jr. is a thousand yard receiver in this league. He's a number two, you know, and a lot of a lot of teams automatically. I don't know if he's Odell fourteen hundred yards uh, leading the, the the New York Giants Odell Beckham anymore, but he's damn sure he's really damn good wide receiver, which he showed with the L.A. Rams. As long as he has a quarterback that knows how to get him the ball, and Aaron Rodgers knows how to get the uh, wide receiver of the ball. So, like I said, untapped potential over there. So I, I like the Browns. I like the Browns. Obviously, the Broncos have wide receivers. They have a young running game. They got the defense. Um, Steelers are the only team that I, I would put over, put over the Broncos. Like other than, but their offensive line that, is not like, all that. That's the problem. They have the worst offensive line out of those three. Out of those three, that could be fixed. The, like offensive, it can it can be fixed. Like you can fix the offensive line. Like um, through the later, you don't necessarily need to draft in the first round to to fix the offensive line. I feel. Well, I think you have the best coach out of the three. It was with you know Mike Tomlin, and then I just think the the offensive line is the weakest out of the three because we know the Cleveland Browns got an offensive line and the Broncos got a that, decent line. Weapon. No, I feel like that changes though. That actually helps your offensive line when you have like an Aaron Rodgers because now the defense can't put seven men in the. They're not trying to trying to blitz every play or whatever because you you have a legit a legit quarterback that can throw down the field with legit deep threats like um Johnson Johnson is a really good wide receiver really good wide receiver and uh, he came pretty much out of nowhere the way I expected but I feel like Claypool could would have better numbers too if he had a wide receiver who had a little bit more of an arm throwing down the field Make him a deep field threat, and that opens up the field. The opens up the um. The only thing the I think Ju- I think Juju I think Juju's a becoming. I think he's a free agent. I think Juju's a yeah, free agent. He's not going. They're um, not going to be able to afford him. He's going to look to get paid. Last year was a discount where he just like took a million less just to return with the team. I don't see him doing that this year. Um. Yeah, I probably don't see that doing that either. But you never know. Aaron Rodgers comes into town. Juju has already established that he said, you know what. I like a good quarterback, and if my numbers go up with Aaron Rodgers, so does my value. Absolutely. So, so he might take a pay cut to come back. I, I got no problem with the Steelers pick right here. The Steelers, like you said, they got a legit defense. They got a running game with Harris, who's who look like a damn star. He is a star in this league, and they got some uh, some talent on the outside. So the Steelers will be a really good pick, and you got Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season. So really good pick. I, I Like, you can't. Most teams that have talent and you add Aaron Rodgers, it's going to look good anyway, right? If you put him on the Vikings, it's going to look good. You, 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 
he's just going to look good on a lot of teams no matter what. If, if, if Seattle gets rid of Russell Wilson, if he goes to Seattle, you know, you're like, you know what, that doesn't, look, that doesn't sound bad either, even though I think Seattle, you know, they obviously need to replenish some talent over there. Yeah, yeah. They have some issues on defense as well as with their um their their offensive play as well. I don't feel like Russell Wilson and the offensive coordinator is getting along too well. Well, yeah, he and got Pete Carroll. Yeah, he's well. Pete Carroll already had a rocky late relationship. All right, so let's move on from quarterbacks. Like you said, um, Aaron Rodgers would be fine anywhere, and you think the Packers should trade him? And at this point, I may agree with you. Like, you know what? Because you have all this talent that are free agents, and he wants he's commanding this kind of money. I think this is. I don't think he comes back to the Packers. I just don't see it happening. Even though they said they were, the reports are they desperately want to keep him. They shouldn't. So if you desperately want to keep him, did you expect? Like, my, why did you draft Jordan Love then? Did you expect him, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, to fade at this point. Because he won the MVP, you're like, you know what, we got to keep this guy. Or you're like, or is Jordan Love not showing anything in practice? Is that another thing? Like, is what is the thinking here? Why draft this man if you're not gonna give him the the reins? If Aaron Rodgers is giving you a headache like this, because they don't believe in Jordan Love. Yeah, they don't believe in. It got to be something along those lines. It's got to be something along those lines. He's not the guy. Um. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about the Super winning coach. L.A. Rams, Sean McVay, there's been reports, you know, I don't know, he might retire, might give it up this year. He did come out and say, I'm, I'm running it back. But after Troy Aikman just signed a $15 million a, a year deal with ESPN to do Monday Night Football, they're saying a lot of networks want Sean McVay and that he could command $15 million to leave coaching to become, you know, like a John Gruden or a, a John Madden, right? Win the Super Bowl, go to the, t- uh, the TV booth. And my thing is, and a lot of people are saying, not my thing is, a lot of people are saying, leave the Rams. They got no draft picks anyway. You got a bunch of free agents. Leave them while you're hot. Get that money. How would you feel if Sean McVay did that? How would you feel if Sean McVay did that? I would say if that's what he has on his heart, do it. You know, if that's what's going to make him happy. But he'll always wonder, could I have run it back? You know, that'll always be in the back of his mind if he did leave. If, if uh, I, I it wasn't in John Madden's mind. Always... John Madden won a Super Bowl. He was, a, a what, the highest winning percentage well, I... for a coach? And he was like, I'm out. I'm good. I'm out. I, I, I don't know how old John Madden was when I think he was a little bit older than Sean McVay. I, I think he was like he in his forties. Like he wasn't old. He wasn't old. No. I don't think John Madden was old know. at all. I can't figure it out. I mean, the booth sounds nice, but it's always there. You know, it's not like even if he has a, a losing season next year with the Rams, he can't retire and do broadcasts. He can absolutely do that. My so, prediction. So I, t- I don't know. I, my prediction. I tweeted this earlier, and if you don't follow me at Idiot Ezra. On Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Do your thing. But I've tweeted this earlier. Um, I think next offseason he'll do this. Take the TV deal next offseason, unless they blow your mind out of this year. Even if he takes it this... I think you want to run it back, right? You want to defend your title. That's what I'm thinking. But if not, you defend your title next year, like you said, take the TV deal, making $15 million a year, (laughs) if that's the number he gets. 
Nice little then bag. You do it for a couple of years, and then when you get the itch again, now you have the leverage. Like John Gruden had the leverage over the Raiders. You want me to come back to coaching? I make you know eight million dollars here. You got to give me more money, and you got to give me a lot of years because I can keep this job for thirty years. So you have the leverage in negotiations, and Sean McVay will be what thirty eight years old, thirty seven, thirty eight years old. You want me to come back to coaching? Let's say when he's on forty something, forty two. He's like 37 right now. So I'm just saying, if he does it for five years, you want me to come back to coaching? You got to give me a 10-year deal worth $150 million. $200 million. Because if I'm getting paid $15 million to do TV, why would I go back to coaching? You got to get me 20. You got to give me 18 to $20 million a year and front office power. Whatever thing he wants, he has the leverage to tell a team. You know what? It, it makes sense. It kind of makes sense because watching him coach the game of football is really nerve wracking. Like he's invested on every single play. Like you could see him get pumped up. He's almost running onto the field. Like after they get a big stop or or a touchdown or something like that. Somebody somebody like that. Like I don't know how many more years. That seems a lot. Like that seems a lot of energy being expunged. Like. I don't know how many more years of that he has in him. So, so. Well, they, those you ever seen that? You ever seen that? Yes. You ever seen that TikTok video? They say they have an assistant coach that grabs him from the sideline because he gets too hyped, so he won't get on yes, the field yes. or anything like that. Right, right, right. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me if he took the TV option this year. If he said, you know what, you know what, Fox needs a okay. Fox is offering me fifteen million. Does the Rams step up and say, you know what, don't take this TV deal. Here's another, you know, $6 million this year to coach. Because they say his salary is $8.5 million to be a head coach. If you could double your salary, almost double your salary by doing TV, can you fault the man? I can't fault you. I mean, you're getting paid double to do a quote-unquote easier job, less stressful job. Let's go, let's go, not easier. Let's go with less yeah. stressful yeah. job, you know. Yeah. And that's very enticing. Very enticing, and you get to leave the no-pick Rams for, <laughs> for the next few years. Well, I, I mean, I still think they can contend next year, though, because like who? They, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many players are coming back, though. I don't know if Whitworth is coming back, or he's, I know I, Aaron Donald says he wants to run it back, but we'll we'll see. As know. long as you keep, you know, obviously, if you got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods who signed. Um, Aaron Donald, who's signed. Matthew Stafford is signed. But Whitworth, that'll be a, that's a big one. If you don't get a left tackle, because he's 40 years old. He's the, he was the oldest left tackle in the league or the oldest offensive tackle in the league. Um, I mean, uh, lineman in the league. You know, That's a big hole to fill, and that does, that's, that's not cheap. So you, they definitely – and they can't draft one in the first round because they got no picks in the first round. So that's the tough part. Um, but, yes – they would have. Uh, they will st- still have their core of of uh, star players in place next year, and that's why I think Sean McVay would do one more year, and then he'll open up his options for the booth if it doesn't work out. And even if he wins it back to back, he could be like, "I'm definitely going to the booth back to back, and let me have this on my resume." He's always going to be in demand, no matter what he does right now. So if he goes in the booth after this year, he's going to be an incredible demand. He's going to be in a financial leverage like no other that we've seen in a coach in a long, long time. So, you know, I still get coaching offers everywhere. Yeah. 
He'll get crazy, but he'll have the left. Like, why would I come to you? I'm making 15 million. You got to give me something insane like the Raiders did with John Gruden. That's the only reason John Gruden left Monday night. He got $100 million, 10-year year contract. Why? Because he had the leverage. Not because and because he had the leverage because he's in the, in the booth and also because he won a Super Bowl and he was beloved in uh, uh, Raider Nation. So Sean McVay is going to have that type of thing and he's going to be much younger. And he ain't going to have the bullshit what happened with John Gruden. Um, so Les Miles would do it though. Yeah, Les yeah. Miles would add a little, add a little more money to his bag, of just course. to get, get him to stay. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, I know you want to talk some basketball. Let's get into that. Um, what did you want to talk about? What NBA talk are we gonna get into? Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. All right. So um, we're about a what? We're a few weeks after the the big trade. I think John, uh, James Harden was actually making his debut with the 76ers tonight. We're both Brooklyn Nets fans. Let's let that be known. You know, we don't agree Brooklyn. much on sports, but we agree on the, the Brooklyn Nets, baby, all day. Um, you were happy with this trade. Yeah, I was. I was happy on with this trade. Um, I, I'm, I never really... I was skeptical to begin with when, when they traded for, for James Harden, but... The dude played his ass off. I can't deny that. And um, not not you know, at the end. The playoffs, he was hurt. Well, not the end. Obviously, I'm talking about like the first year. First yeah. year, he was like, look, he was he the Brooklyn Nets MVP game. that last year. In a sense, he was the glue. Mm-hmm. He was the point guard. He was looking phenomenal. Right. Yes, he was whatever we needed him to do. He was doing it. You know, you know, he's playing his ass off. Can't knock him for that. But I did have questions like about our defense, like with him. Him, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant on the floor and stuff, and when we faced like better teams in the playoffs, obviously I was wrong because Kevin Durant almost took the team to the finals by himself. You know, with the foot on the line, he almost sent the Bucks home. But um, but with this t- with this trade, I feel like we got better because we still have two prolific scorers, and now we have a top defender on a team with depth. And size, and I just feel like once they all get on the court together, Ben is going to be the glue that will mesh everything together. I feel that's what I'm feeling right now. That um, he'll mesh everything together, and that, that team will be hard to beat. Like I don't see another team in the East beating them if they're all healthy and all to get playing together. Well, there's going to be it's going to be some trials because obviously Kyrie's, you know, at this point still only playing half of the games on the road. But in terms of the trade, I did like the trade. Now, I am not going to go as far as to say they got better. The re- what I think here is, what no one's talking about, is I think it was strength, obviously with the big three of Harden, Kyrie, Durant. Historic strength in scoring, right? Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't double nobody when those three will be on the court. And it will be a historic firepower. Versus what I think we have now is a much better versatility. So to me, that's the two things you're battling. I think I would rather go with strength. I think I would rather see those three Hall of Fame players together. They went 13 and three. Can you and like if they were healthy and actually were able to develop the chemistry over a long season? I would have thought that would have been insane to watch, and it would have been historic. 
Plain and simple, it would have been a historic run. We missed out on that. That was a big if that a question mark will never be answered. But now we have versatility. Something we didn't have with that big three is Ben Simmons that could defend one through five. He doesn't have to be a scorer. And he and if a small lineup now, you have two 6'10 guys. You have Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, who are your two best defenders, and they're both 6'10 six, six, plus with, uh, with arm reach. So I like that a lot. That sounds amazing. We, we had to trade James Harden, and I thought the trade package that we got was really good. Like you can't complain. Like you can't complain. Usually, there's someone. If you usually when you trade a superstar, you're a loser. You're you're basically a loser in that trade. I don't feel like that with this trade because now we got a we got an all NBA defensive guy, all star, and Ben Simmons, who's twenty something years old, who can lead this team and be that that piece after the Kevin Durant era, or be a trade asset. So that's a beautiful thing to him. We didn't mention we got, also got Aaron, um, Andre Drummond. Yeah, we got a nice. We need a center. No doubt, no doubt. But I don't want to underplay it because he was playing his ass off in Philly. Like, the, well, he was coming like, off the bench. I'm just saying nine minutes. He's nine a- minutes and getting averaging ten rebounds, ten or eleven rebounds. That's that's phenomenal coming off of the bench. I'm not here. I'm not. I'm not going to be well. here to be like yo. Drummond's an all star. Drummond is a really good piece. On especially oh, he's, Spurs, he's a great player. I don't know about great player. Um, I, I, hell no, no. I mean, he's a good player, not a great player. He's, he's a really, a good he's player. a good, he's a good piece. Right. He's definitely a good piece to have on the team. We needed his size. Right. We right. needed his rebounding. One hundred percent. I'm not disagreeing. I just don't. We're not going to see him all the time on the on the court, and especially the closing minutes of games. I don't think. You know, I don't. I, but he's going to be important. He's going to be important to me. The other especially b- against the Bucks. The especially big, against the Bucks. The big one. I mean, is you got. I, I was telling everybody in the chat, if we trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, I want Curry in that trade, and we got Curry. So now we got another sh- who's being the leading scorer since he's been, you know, traded over here, and he's going to be your th- third or fourth option. That is a beautiful thing to have. Now we have shoot yo, we got we've still got shooting replaced with Curry. So I like that a lot. It's just you know, if you want to double Kevin Durant, you could just throw it out. To Curry, throw it all to Irving. Hopefully, he's playing. That's the. There's a lot of question marks with the team still, but he the knows. versatility yeah, Joe, is Joe Harris coming back. Yeah, if Joe Harris comes back. Then that's just I, I don't know. Well, I will hope. I, I mean, I, I hope he I, comes I, back, but uh, he needs to be better than he was last year in the playoffs because he couldn't hit a fucking. He's gonna have plenty of time. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, nothing. This he couldn't hit anything last no. year. He's going to be wide the open this yeah, year. Yeah, well, he was wide open last year, too. I don't, I don't want to fucking hear it. He fucking was just, he was James Harden in the playoffs last year, okay? He went to old school James Harden. He didn't do shit in the playoffs. Wide open, missing everything. So, James, Joe Harris has got to step his game up in the playoffs. I'm not here to fucking give him a, 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 a skip on that shit because he was terrible. Fucking terrible. We would have won that Buck series if he did half his job, what he usually does. Anyway, that's not the point here. You're getting me a little frustrated. Fuck you, Greg. Um, James. <laughs> but the point is here, I like the versatility. I like the trade. We got something for now and something for the future. And uh, if you're going to trade a superstar, this is the kind of trade that you hope that you get in return because usually you catch an L's when you're trading a player at, uh, you know, James Harden's caliber. 
And you know what? Can you fault Philly? First round picks? Like, can't you say, if you feel like we got better, don't you think Philadelphia feel like they got better too? They got James Harden and Embiid. No doubt. They feel like, because they didn't, Ben, ben Simmons wasn't on the court. Yeah. court. He was a uh, ghost that they they were still paying too. So you traded Curry, way, cause... Dur- uh, um, Drummond, and two firsts. I think, are, those, are both of those picks unprotected? I, I'm not sure about the protected, unprotected part. The point I, is, I we still got we still oh. got some draft picks out of it, which is very nice. We're not yep. the one. We were not yep. the ones to give up draft picks. We Re, recouped, um, and people were talking about what what the Nets gave up to get James Harden. In the end, like you know, I'm happy what we gave up for James Harden. We basically recouped, yeah. like what we gave up for James Harden last off season. I would have probably gave up for the pieces that we got this offseason for Ben Simmons and these players. If, you, if we could go back and just skip the James Harden part and just get Ben Simmons. we beat the Bucks. And just get Ben Simmons, we beat the Bucks. Well, honestly, the playoffs, I, I, sure. if we had health on our side, we would have beat the Bucks. I think so. If we had yeah, health on our side. That's it. I, sure. just, I just think if we had, you know, <laughs> we just didn't have our team. And it just sucks that we didn't get to see that uh, come to fruition because I thought you know, a lot of people would have thought this would have been a historic run in team to watch, especially in the playoffs. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but, yeah, Philadelphia got better, and they're definitely – there's a lot of teams this this basketball season I feel like are championship contenders. Don't you think? There's a, quite a few teams you feel like you could see come out of, like the East especially. The East is much deeper than the West this year, and – if you had to pick contenders, who would it be? I mean, you, you, we can't ignore the, the Chicago Bulls. Okay. We can't ignore them. You know, um, DeRozan's playing like an MVP. And Lonzo, Lonzo Ball's out right now. But when he comes back, that team's going to be ridiculously defensively. And I feel like there's not um, there's not, not a lot of teams that I see beating them out in, um, in the playoffs. So um, you think the Bulls are the number one team in the East? No, no. Oh, of course, oh. I I believe I believe it's the Nets, and then I have Milwaukee probably second, and then um possibly Philly. I feel like they they're right there with Philly. I think there's about me. I think the East probably has about five teams that can come out the East. I'm gonna go with Milwaukee, Philadelphia, um, uh, Bulls. It's three right there. Nets, but I think that I think a lot needs to go right with the Nets. I'm not on that bandwagon in the sense of we should be the favorites. We got Kevin Durant, and then we have a chance. So that's why I'm putting him up there. But I think there's a lot of you know the Kyrie Irving. How does how Ben Sim when he comes back and how he looks with us? You know, I like the makeup of the Nets, but um, it's just so late in the season and injuries and uh, with question marks with Kyrie Irving bothers me a lot, but. They're up there. But also, the Celtics. They've had the best defense since early December, and they've been, they're the only team in the East that have a winning record over teams over 500. The Celtics are hot right now, and they're gelling, and they're playing the best defense in the league. That says something. And, if you, and they're a young team. It's not like, you know, these are just, even they're a young team with old veterans. And I mean young team in terms of their two young stars with Brown and Tatum. 
And that's a dangerous combination. And they, those two can continue to get better. And if they're flowing on defense the way they are and continue and it goes into the playoffs, they're very dangerous. So I think that's my, my five right there. And, you know, the Cavs are no pushover. The Cavs are no pushover. The Heat, we didn't mention the Heat. We didn't, we didn't mention the Heat. The Heat, the East, no joke this year. The East is going, that playoffs in the East is going to be the best to watch. And when it comes to the West, you know, I think it's, let's, let's, let's think of this in terms of spades. Two and a possible. Three and a, three, no, two and two possibles. All right. Warriors, Suns. Right? Those are your two definite contenders in the West. And I guess the two possibles is LeBron and the Lakers because it's LeBron and the Lakers. If AD's healthy, you know, they, you never know what could happen. I'm only going to say this is a possible if they come back healthy. And because they probably, in my mind, might have the MVP in the league in Jokic, the Denver Nuggets. That's a that's a low like if I'm talking to you in spades, I have a very low low possible. I have a very low possible, James. You know what I mean? I don't know if I I'm not confident I'll make this book. I'm just letting you know there's a tiny possibility I can steal a book here. So I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. Am I missing somebody from the Suns? You don't think the Suns? I just said the Suns. I said the I said the Suns and Warriors are the two best teams in the West. Okay. Okay. Um. No, that's it. I mean, like besides the Lakers, Lakers, the Grizzlies, like Grizzlies, I don't really see. Like the, obviously, the Grizzlies have um, interesting team, but I I still think they're a year, years away from really competing for a championship. No one cares about the Jazz. No one believes in the Jazz, even though they got a good record. No. Um, no. The another team, another small possible, but depends on injury health. That's the Clippers. I forgot about them. You know, if they get Kawhi. And Paul George back. Small possible oh, again. Kawhi's, Kawhi's not coming back this year. Even if he was healthy, I don't think. He I don't. Was. Well, you know, never know. Kawhi might be like, you know, what? I just want to rest during the regular season to come back for the playoffs. You never know what Kawhi. Kawhi does not tell you what the deal is at all. Um, I just think the Clippers, if healthy, are definitely one of the top. They're the they're they're the top one of the top teams in the West. That changes everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's another. Po- so I got three possibles. You know what I mean? I think the Clippers' possibility possible stronger than my uh, Denver Nuggets uh, hand or card in terms of spades here. Um, so yeah, you know. But do you have a finals prediction? Man, that's tough. Finals <laughs> prediction? I'm. I I man, the the Suns are looking so damn good, man. And I know they're. I think the Suns are. I'm going to go with Suns in the West because they're on a fucking mission this year. They're tight that they lost last year. And they're playing upset. Yeah. They're playing like, we're the fucking best team in the West. And we're not fucking with you. Okay? I just like the mindset. Do I think they have the... Like, I think the Warriors have the most pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the mindset of the Suns, their size, Booker, and when Chris Paul, he's going to have some fresh legs coming back from his injury. I'll, I, I'm going to go with the Suns just because of their mindset and how they're rolling. You have anybody from the West? You know who I'm going to pick. Oh, here we go with. Oh, 
LeBron James personal ball washer. Personal ball washer. <laughs> no. You're going with no. the Lakers. Well, um, I mean, it all depends on if AD's obviously healthy. Yeah, you, but, but you don't think like... The, I... you, here's the thing. Like, when AD was healthy, when the Lakers were healthy last year, we saw what happened. Like they, the the um, Suns came out one game one, and and then they just toyed with them. Yeah, like they figured it out. They figured out what they were doing, and then they were just playing around until AD got injured, and that was that was the. End but that's a big series. question mark: is AD's health right? A... Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> question mark. But, yeah, but the other question is, they don't have the same team from last year. Listen, I still got the Lakers as a possible because they got LeBron James and AD. Play when you got those two. Together, you deserve a chance. You have a chance to make it. The reason I, my it's a possible is not one of they're not in the echelon with the Warriors and Suns are. They don't have the same team from last year, and you're relying on Russell Westbrook, and that is a big negative right now. <laughs> it's just he doesn't mess with this. Like for some reason, I've. I, it's because he, I know he doesn't like. You got to make him come off the bench. He's got to play with this. He's got to be a six man on this Lakers team. He's got to lead. He's good. He could be Russell. He could be triple double Russell Westbrook if he plays with the bench guys. You're not going to be that player with LeBron and AD. You're the third option. You're the number one option with this as a six man. I don't understand the thinking because you are you're you won an MVP. You've been a uh, a 10-time-plus all-star and all-NBA guy that you can't come off the bench? If you want a championship, if this is your goal, do what's best and look your best. You're going to look your best if you're coming off the bench. I don't seem to understand this. I don't know why they're trying to force this chemistry between these three players when it clearly hasn't shown, when you're not going to have the ball. Make Russell Westbrook come off the bench. He needs to ma- and it's not... Only him. He needs to wake up and say, you know what? I want to come off the bench. I don't fucking understand this thinking that you're trying to mess with these two. You- yeah, I, I, I thought it was a bad match from the beginning. Like, I never... I Most thought people when the did. Trade, when I heard about the trade, I, I, I didn't understand it. It didn't well, make any sense. I mean... You know who, they, even if you you know who deserves go, that blame? Come on, just... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Take the blame. Like, obviously, but, you know... You know, he's who, not the GM of the team. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know that was G- GM. Of the yeah, team. LeBron made that. It was that's I've, I've always told you. There's two things that I've always thought that LeBron James needs to be attacked for a little bit. One is him being a general manager for these teams. His general, like I got no problem him being a general manager, have the player empowerment. But he made a move like this, and he's got to own it. LeBron, GM LeBron James, you want to Russell Westbrook? You traded some of the kids for it. And um, this is what you get. You end up with. I just don't want to seem to understand why Russell Westbrook does not like you deserve. You deserve as much credit if Russell Westbrook comes off the bench and kills it. Does he deserve as much credit as anybody else for winning a title with this team? Yeah, but you know, it takes a strong personality to do that. You know, you know, even like um, uh, like Manu Ginobili, he didn't want to come off of the bench when he's with the Spurs. You know, yeah, but, but he, he did took, eventually. Of, yeah, but that's how great you know he plays for the played for the greatest coach of all time. So that it took him it it took some convincing though. So I think maybe next year or something he'll be mentally prepared for something like that. He ain't gonna last but, there till next year. He's gonna be gone immediately after the, if they don't make the win the title, he's gone immediately. LeBron is sending him packing one hundred percent. 
He's trading him. Try to trade him at the deadline too. Well, they like they, they don't want to get on John Wall. But they well they wouldn't they didn't want to give a first rounder, which I understand the Lakers. Like, why am I going to give up a first rounder for John? Well, what has John Wall shown me the last two three years that he you guys deserve a first rounder? But the only reason the Lakers, I mean the Houston Rockets, had the leverage is like, why am I going to take back Russell Westbrook for what? That makes no sense. You got to give him something in return. Um, so I understand the leverage of the Rockets there. But the point is here, um, I, I just don't – the Lakers just need to figure out their makeup of their team, and it's just not gelling with these three stars. So they have a low possibility for me. You know what's crazy? They could have had DeMar DeRozan yeah. from L.A., wanted to go, wanted to be a Laker. That's Easy. GM LeBron. That would have been sick. GM LeBron had made a bad move, 100%. He's made good moves in his career. GM LeBron has made good moves. You're never going to convince me he's a bad GM because he's like 11, 11 finals appearances. That's how good of a GM he is. Yeah, but he could have won. I think but if I, one, I think he would have won more titles if he let someone else, you know, do some GMing around. I'm just saying. Now, he hasn't GMed all, all throughout his whole career. I think he started becoming a GM like the last couple of years with the Heat. That's when he started becoming a GM. That's what I think LeBron said. You know what? All right, I'm going to, since I am the man in this league, I'm going to decide what, who plays with me and who doesn't play with me. And that's when I started thinking LeBron became a GM. Late, later years with the Heat. Not the beginning because Pat Riley wasn't going to go for that shit. And LeBron hasn't proven himself to be a champion as of yet. And, you know, if he signed, when he signed that multi-year contract, you don't have to listen to LeBron. But towards the end, when you want to re-sign him, you have to listen to LeBron. Anyway, um... Yeah, I just uh, the East is much better conference. I'm excited to watch that. I think the Sun. I mean, so the Suns is coming out the West, and you still got the, you got the Lakers coming out the West. What about the East? Who you got coming out the East? You know, I got the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East. Oh that's, man, that's what I, you you know. It sounds like I'm putting a lot of faith in it, but I'm just like you, de- you really are. To, they're all healthy. They're all they're all going to be healthy. In the playoffs, well, they're all going to be on the court together. You got to hope that that mandate changes in New York. You got to hope that mandate changes in New York. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to. It was going to change regardless. It has nothing to do with the NBA. They, they're going to. Like it's been. This thing is over. Like they're going to. They're going to open, open it up. And it doesn't make sense. Like you have other players coming in, coming in from from out of town that are unvaccinated playing in Brooklyn, and and Kyrie who lives just because he's. From he's playing for a Brooklyn team, can't play. It doesn't make any sense. So they'll get it out. They'll figure it out between the city and the NBA, and he'll be he'll be on the court. Um, my biggest reason besides the Kyrie Irving, you know, situation and the mandate is chemistry. I believe in chemistry when it comes to the basketball court. I don't think they have such a talent like the old team with the big three. I don't think you need as much chemistry because you have historic. Hall of Fame players, and a historic firepower. I don't think it's the same case. Like I said, more versatile, but I think when you're more versatile, chemistry is a much bigger factor. So I'm not going to put my nets there. I'm going to keep with, thinking about chemistry and things of that nature, I'm going to keep with the champions. I'm going to stick with the Bucks because Giannis is playing much I mean, he's playing better this year. Like, <laughs> And he's probably the best defensive player and the best you know, I mean, he's the he's a superstar, 
And they haven't been healthy. When you got Giannis playing his defense and Drew Holiday playing his defense, and they got chemistry going, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Bucks. I think it's going to be a rematch. That's your boy, Serge Ibaka as well. I mean, yeah, so, but yeah, it definitely will be a rematch. The I think Bucks, it, but I got... I hope I the Nets make it. The Nets versus... No, definitely. Now... I, do, I, I'll get, I'll put money on that one. Now I am not as I am not as convinced with the Bucks to making it to the finals because it's a, it's a stronger road, it's a harder road to make it to the finals in the East than the West and the, and the Suns. So I have more confidence in the Suns making the finals than I definitely have the Bucks making it to the finals in the East because it's a tougher road and like you got some strong teams and you got. You never know how Embiid and James Harden is going to look like, even though I'm confident James Harden will revert back to old James Harden in the playoffs and do nothing and uh, falter. <laughs> and you never know. I don't know. You just, The Heat getting healthy in the playoffs, they got pieces left and right, and they got some veterans, and they're, they're hungry too. And they got, a, you know, you got some young players. That's, like the Heat got players up and down. You know what I mean? They got – they're, and they got a great coach in Eric Spolstra. I, I just think I'm just more confident in the Suns. That's it. And and if you're asking me who's going to win it all, right now, I am going to go with the Suns. I'm going to go with the Suns right now. Right now. But, but let's see how the playoffs play. Sadly, there's going to be there is going to be an injury too before the playoffs start or during the playoffs that changes everything. That's what happened last off. That's what happened last year, right? Injuries just changed the whole playoff dynamic, ruined it for the Nets. It ruined it for a lot of teams last year, like the Lakers. So, you know, that's a that's a very important part of this. So we're actually going with kind of an early prediction for the playoffs and who's coming out of that nature. So you got Nets, Lakers, you got I'm guessing you got the Nets you got the Nets beating the Lakers in your scenario. Hey, I'm going to be happy either way, but I'm going to go with the Nets. Of course, you know I'm going to go with my home team. Going to be happy either way. Of course, I'll be happy either way. You're disgusting. Either way, but, but, (laughs) Well, I hope hope for your outcome, and I hope the Nets destroy the Lakers if that's the case here, but I'm going to go with the Suns. I think they would, too. I think they would, man. I'm, I'm not in that matchup, like, taking myself, my fandom out of it. I'm still picking the Nets in that in that scenario. Okay, cool. Regardless of who whoever comes out of the West. All right. Anything else you want to jump on? Um, well, you saw, you brought up Demar Derozan, and um, you say he's playing like an MVP. He does deserve. But you know what's the funny part is he might not even be in the top three. He might not even end up in the top it's three. Because Jokic, Jokic is a Jokic is having is incredible. He's. He's got. He's playing without his second, his other two best players, and no one's talking about it. He's not playing with Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. And they're they're the what the sixth seed in the West. And when he gets off the court, that team obviously is nowhere near the same with him on on the team. Um, to me, he's my number one. Embiid is probably number two. Giannis is probably number three, and Demar Derozan is probably number four. And it's, it's it's crazy that he's having such an incredible season that he's like number four to me in MVP race right now. Giannis, Giannis number four. No, no, I got Demar's in number number four. Oh, I got Giannis. Rosen. I got Giannis number three. Okay. 
Um, and he's having. I'm just wondering. I think at some point I want to ask the question: Is Demar Derozan having himself a Julius Randle experience? In a sense that Julius Randle was, he looked like a you know he looked like a, he developed into a star last year, right? Julius Randle was playing out of his mind. Then he went back to old Julius Randle this year. Like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, he's underperforming. He's not even playing to his old standards. I'm wondering if DeMar DeRozan, is this going to be his out-of-body experience? This is the ultimate year that he's putting together, and he's going back to, you know, maybe the Spurs years or Toronto so years. I, I, I just, because I think um, what, what um, Greg Popovich demanded of him, you know, like, I, you know, I always ma- try to imagine LeBron playing for, for, for the Spurs with Greg Popovich as head coach. And I was like, it, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Because he, there's no way he would let him handle the ball as much as he does. No I think way. he would. I think Papa like, say, he, "Go ahead, go do your thing." I don't think he, I don't. I, I think he gives LeBron think, that respect. He doesn't give Demar Derozan that respect. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I feel like it's different though between like um, Julius Randle and Demar Derozan. It's a little bit different. I feel like De, um, Demar Derozan was a little bit underappreciated in this league. Oh yeah, as, as far as his skill set, like you know, even though you know it's a little old school, the mid range games you don't see that too much in the league anymore. So. I, I want to say this now before it gets twisted. I've never thought Julius Randle has the body of work or has been as good as Demarcus DeRozan's career. Demar, I mean, Demar DeRozan had much longer, you know, body of work and being consistent and being a scorer in this league. So let's not act like I'm. Uh, the only reason I brought up Julius Randle is because Julius Randle had an body experience. Like, he was at another level last year. He's never played close to that. And it seems like DeMar DeRozan's playing at another level that he's never hit before. And that's the only reason I brought that up. But obviously, DeMar DeRozan, I have more confidence that he can do this for another year or two because he has a long history of body of work that he's been a scorer in this league. And maybe this is the system that flourishes him to be that guy. So I have more confidence in that. I'm just one. I just said later on in the future, I want to talk about that as a conversation. I don't think right now is the moment. I don't want to diminish what I guess I already diminished what he's doing this year, but it's insane. And he's on a tear right now. I think he's got nine or 10 straight games or over 30 plus points shooting at least 55%. He's on a ridiculous pace right now. And like you say, he's not playing with uh, Alonzo Ball. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because with him having the ball more often, you know, good things are happening for him. So sometimes adding a player can take away from your crazy streak or your your zone. And he's in an absolute zone right now. And he does deserve MVP conversations that people are having, that we're having, and he deserves some of that. He deserves a lot of love and everything. It's just it's crazy this year. Like the tear that he's on, right now he's not even in my top three. Can that change? Is he really close to being my top three? Yeah. He's really close. Really close. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you how how much talent there is in the league at this point and how deep teams are at this point. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a fun playoffs for sure. I I can't wait to see it. But I, w- I would really like to see DeMar DeRozan actually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I would love to see that matchup. Matchup oh. with him, him or... Whoever whoever makes it, well, it's gonna be that. it's gonna be it. It could be a strong possibility. Like I said, the Bulls. Why not? Why wouldn't the Bulls be there? 
You know what I mean? Uh, obviously injuries and all stuff like that. But they have the talent. They've shown some things this year would to you, be there. Well, would you? Well, would you pick um, Philadelphia over? Um, would you pick the Bulls over Philadelphia if they're in the meet in the playoffs? Um, no, I w- I would probably lean towards Philadelphia because they do have the you know le- legitimate. One and two superstars. I guess you could say they got two superstars, right? And DeMar Rosen's playing like a superstar this year. So that's another. So it's two versus one. But then again, Zach Levine, he drops 20. Like it's, it's a pretty close matchup. And the Bulls will probably have more shooting than the Philadelphia 76. I can understand that. But who's going to. I mean, who can stop Embiid? There's nobody in the league that can stop. Can, can anybody in the Bulls slow him down? They're like that. He's the expert. Like Embiid can take over. That's the that's the thing here, um, so that's the reason I would go with that. But it it's not a shock. It's not like if the Bulls win it, I'm not going there. Like, oh my god, look at the oh the Bulls came out of nowhere. It's not a shock to me. Like that's how close I think the East is. Um, so would you be shocked if Philadelphia won that series? No. Yeah, like no. why would you? Like Probably not. if you got Embiid, like you you got a shot. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those two super and James Harden, like you know. The only thing is, they're losing. They, they don't have as much shoot that they're lacking in space. That's the only thing with Philadelphia. They just don't have enough. They don't have enough shooting in a sense to to see what happens with that. I'll, I'm really, I'll be really curious to see how they um set how they play defense with James Harden on the floor. You know, because historically he's not been the greatest of defenders in the world. Uh huh. So I'm. Curious to see, like, who becomes that guy? Is it these or, or um, do they send Tobias Harris out to try and stop like a Demar Rosen or Zach Levine? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we're gonna see what's going. It's gonna be exciting playoffs. Definitely is. Just can't wait for that. Anything else you want to get into before we wrap it up here? Something I usually don't do. I don't usually wrap it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, one thing. All right, so we we got the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator as our head coach now. Yeah. But I'm already starting to feel like it's a failure because it looks like Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. So what is this? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. So what I don't is think, this? I don't, I don't know if he is staying. There's no. I just don't see this working out. I don't see them giving him fifty million dollars. Hmm. If not, that the team is going to be like, are you serious? You ain't going to have no. If you're complaining about not having weapons, Devontae Adams is not going to stay in Green Bay if you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Fit. You're going to pay. So what you're going to tell me is you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams seventy million dollars, just two players. Will the franchise tag? Will that take them up to eighteen or twenty? Well, I don't, well, I don't know. Well, uh, Nineteen. 18, 19, okay, so 68, $69 million. Let's go with 69 because it's a better number. Um, still need def- they need pieces of defense. They that's need my this. point. That's why I don't think the, I don't think like, he's – I think Aaron Rodgers is saying this. Aaron Rodgers is saying, you trade me or you pay me $50 million because – so I'm only going to – if I'm going to stay here, I might as well make stupid money because I'm not going to win anything. Are you saying that they're, they're asking him – that's his trade request, right? 
I so th- that's his trade request. Give me fifty million dollars, or trade me, or I'm out. I'm out. Or trade me. I think that's what, essentially means just trade me. Yeah, anyway. because that's what I think. That's what he's saying. If I'm gonna stay here, pay me in crazy. You gotta pay me. You gots to pay me the best because I'm not staying here hmm. just to lose in the playoffs. I might as well get paid for it. And that damn um, farewell speech he gave on Instagram to them. That was the weirdest thing. Well, I didn't pay attention just, to it at all. I don't give a shit about what anybody just, posts. Yeah, you Instagram. shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Especially with him, you know? <laughs> it's not even with anybody. It's him. Like, he did this whole dog and pony show last year. And then he ends up, winds up jumping on a plane and jumping and playing for the Packers again. Well, they got him. They got him so, random cop. So this year, you want him to jump on the plane? It's only going to cost you fifty million for the year. That's it. I'd rather go after Watson. No, oh. I'd rather go after Watson. To be honest with you, I'm just saying. Uh, or draft Willis, Malik Willis. Well, we'll see. Like we'll see what's going to happen. I think that's. I don't think he's going to be a Packer. That's my prediction on that. I just don't see him ending up being a Packer because I don't see the fifty million dollars happening. And if I if they give him fifty million dollars, you could to me you could throw Jordan Love. Yeah, uh, that's it. You could throw. <laughs> they don't believe in him. They don't believe if you're paying Aaron Rodgers, 37 years old, 50 million dollars. You don't believe in Aaron in Jordan Love. What's that? What was that, man? Why, like, you know, if you if you were gonna draft a quarterback, why not go after a rookie quarterback that that looked like he was gonna be an instant success, like I got a no- Trevor Lawrence or. Or Joe Burrow or anything. They traded up to get Jordan Love. Well, I you know the <laughs> Mario, first of all, it don't bother me too much that they drafted Jordan Love. Because based off of their history, I'm sure a lot of people were questioning Mark, why would you trade I mean, why would you draft Aaron Rodgers? Why would you draft Aaron Rodgers when you got Brett Favre? And that worked out beautifully. You know what I don't see? If you were Aaron Rodgers and they drafted Jordan Love. Oh no, you be of you, course, people, that's why Brett Favre was tight. That's what, what? Like, what? Listen, I got I think both could be true. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you should be upset or a Packers fan, you should be upset but like, you know what? What the fuck are we doing here? We have a Super Bowl contending team. Here. Why are we drafting a quarterback? At the same time you're like, well shit, it worked out last time. So, you know, I understand the argument on both sides. But uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers, give me my fifty million. I'm tired of this. Give me my fifty mil. Devontae Adams, I you know, <laughs> if you give him his nineteen million. I just don't see it happening. The only thing I'll say about that too, though, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers coming out of college. Like they, the NFL pretty much knew he was going to be a starter in the NFL. Well, he he felt the number one was not. Aaron Rodgers coming out of college. Well, not a lot of people believe my man Aaron Rodgers dropped to 24. Was it 24 in the draft? That's a long way. That's a lo- The Jets could have drafted him. The Broncos could have drafted him. But no, what we do? I don't know what we did. I don't even remember. I, I, okay, Alex Smith went number one, so. <laughs> All right? Jeez. So let's not act like Aaron Rodgers was a surefire thing. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, there was 20. Matter of fact, including the number one pick, that was 23 mistakes. <laughs> anyway, it is what it is. So we're done. We're, this is going to be our first episode on the reboot of Idiot Sports Talk. 
And uh, if you want to join us for the live, live conversation so we can hear from you, read your messages, and maybe taking some calls, check out the Twitch channel at Idiot Sports Talk. Follow me on Twitter at Idiot Ezra. James in the future will have a Twitter. We'll find out. We're trying to, you know, negotiate that. He's being Aaron Rodgers right now. He's, you know, he's dropping posts, but he won't join. I'm just trying to make him join the team, the blue team over here, the bird team out here with the Twitter. We'll we'll, we'll see what we can work out here. Greg, I mean, James, if you understand why I continue to call him Gregory throughout this podcast, because that's his middle name, and that's what I've been calling him for 20 years out here in these streets. So uh, I apologize. We might call him Teddy Grams. We might call him. He might have a lot of different names out here in these streets. Um, thanks for joining me. We're going to do this soon again. Yep. We're going we're to have some big things. We're going to have some big things on uh, Idiot Sports Talk. You can also check out the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast you listen to. Idiot Sports Talk will be available and join us for the future episodes. I appreciate everybody's love. And uh, buenos nachos, everyone. Especially you too, James. Good night. Good night. I, I see big up.